Hello and welcome to Toon Hounds, your fortnightly foray into all things animated when we keep the schedule fortnightly. Um, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Rich Masters, and with me as always is my good old buddy, old pal, Spivsy. Say hello, Spivsy. Hello, Spivsy. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, I knew I was going to do it as well. <laughs> um, this week... We so we're no strangers to uh, no, no strangers to trauma <laughs> and trauma and bleakness and uh, being British. Uh, there is a element of that anyway. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a, a grey cloud above our yeah, country, literally and figuratively. Um, but this week we've picked something, two things that we probably saw during our childhood. I think both of us saw both of these during our childhood. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, and, um, I had one of them on a videotape that came with episodes of Five and Sam. So oh, there you go. Something in it. Um, and I would say every British child who watched these two products um, has been informed about the bleakness of nature. Yes. Yeah. Um, which and... um, it, it's a very. I feel I don't know if it's changed a bit in recent years because when I was watching these, I thought, is it really that bad now? Like our plight against the woodlands. Like I'm sure that at some point there's been like a, like be nice to nature sort of thing. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like these yeah. ones are very, very, very bleak in terms of what humanity is capable of. Like it's yeah. very pessimistic. But I don't think, uh, I think maybe we had more social awareness back then. Maybe, yeah. About the things that we were doing. And I think now we just brush it over with, well, you know, the climate is changing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, climate change isn't a thing. I'm not a climate change denier, obviously. And I'm not saying that that isn't a terrible thing. But humans are really the scum of the earth. We are, yeah. But that's that's my point, though. With, like the scum of the earth people in these two things that we watched, they're like proper evil scum like, yeah like pouring concrete down rabbit warrens level horrendous I mean, I mean but like you know still happen? Cu- yeah of course badger culling because of tb um you know like i i'm pretty sure if you've got farmland yeah you hate every every single animal <laughs> yeah, portrayed in yeah. these in these products i don't um, know maybe my like um like uh perception of it is a bit different because i live in the countryside and i see rabbits everywhere yeah, like there are so many animals like where I live, so it does, I don't really have that same feeling of nature is being destroyed by the humans. But either way, we'll get into it mm. when we get into the shows. <laughs> um, so yeah, our topic for this week is bleak nature cartoons. Yes, and my god, we picked two doozies. It's not just bleak, <laughs> horrifying. The uh, horrifying, tra- traumatizing, yeah. traumatizing elements of nature cartoons. Yeah. So we watched. Um, Two episodes of a very, very famous British cartoon called The Animals of Farthingwood, which um, I really did well in Europe, but I mm. don't know if translated to American audiences. They um, they uh, re-released it in America with new voice actors and narration. Oh, weird. Yeah, which I thought was very strange. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how many American people who had listened to this will have seen Animals of Farthingwood. Mm. If, if you haven't, I would probably say give it a watch, but make sure that your kids aren't around. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not for kids. I don't think it's no should ever have been intended for children. No, I mean it could have been if they toned down the gore a bit. Yeah, the gore and the the horrible violence. Yeah, yeah. The um, 
it's like a really weird juxtaposition between the violence and the comedy, you know. Yeah. And it's like just on a dime will change yeah. from the traumatic experience than them laughing about something. It's yeah. so weird. I mean, I, I would think... say to watch it just for like the, I can't believe this exists. Level. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can watch the whole, I got addicted to it and I watched the whole series um, should we talk about Fatherhood first? Because like, let's talk about Fatherhood. Talking about. So I watched two episodes. One called uh, which one was which? Um, uh, uh, new friends, old enemies. Um, yeah, that one's uh, the, uh, uh, the babies one. Yep. Yeah. And between two evils, and they're the seventh and the tenth episode. So yeah. I think there was. I can't remember how many episodes there were in Fatherhood. Like something like thirteen. Um, there was three seasons. Yes, it was thirty-six the episodes. There's thirteen right. in the first in the first series. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll just give you a brief rundown of the animals of Farthingwood. Um, but bear, bear with me because it's uh, it's it's something else. So, <laughs> Animals of Farthingwood was an early '90s production. Ninety-three, it was ba- uh, It was created um, by the. It was commissioned by the European Broadcasting Union, um, and it's based on Colin Dan's books, The Animals of Farthingwood. Mm. Um, I've never read the books. I didn't know the books existed until I know about them. I just thought um, it was a show. Yeah, it was a sort of French English. Um, co-production um, that makes sense and yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um and norway it was aired in norway germany the netherlands belgium ireland italy and the united kingdom but not france yeah that's strange because um when i was looking up lots of about this there is there's debate over where animals of fatherhood is actually set because when they go by the road the cars are driving on the left hand side but then later in the series they're driving on the right hand side and yeah. there's a point where they're in a graveyard and there's French writing on the gravestones. So it's, it's a bit, it's ambiguous where it's meant to be set. Perhaps it doesn't matter where it yeah. needs to be set, I think that's right? the idea, yeah, that yeah. it's like a global problem, is the yeah. you know, decimation of nature. Um, it was it was like quite a big production at the time, written by about seven writers. Mm. Um, I'm not going to uh, say their names because I don't want people hunting them down for their <laughs> trauma. Um, there were three seasons. Uh, the first season is... Um, <clears throat> so the, the series follows the basic plot of the books. Um, but the first series is about how a developed... Uh, like a developer is coming in to destroying uh, the woods, mm. well, f- farthing wood, um, in order to build houses, which happens, you know, very often. Um, and the animals that live there make a pact to um, stay together and help each other in order to relocate to a new area. Yeah. That's basically they, it. It's... Um... Like predators and prey working together to escape. Yes. It's like a, like a greater evil, like enemy of my enemy sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. You've got um, rabbits. Let's start at the top. You've got the fox. Yeah. Fox, fox. is the main character, I Good would fox. say. I think um, that in the American one, they gave them names. Oh, wow. Because when I was, I like, thought, I wonder if there are any. And I looked up if there are any fan fiction of animals of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. There is. Sure, there are. And. They've got different names on the, the character list. But like this one yeah. calling the fox Ranger on most of them. And I don't know if him being called Ranger is like a fanon thing or if he's actually called Ranger in the American version. So 
in the second and third series, when they get to White Deer Park, um, the blue fox, Scarface, which is the the evil fox, quote unquote, <laughs> um, has a cub called Ranger. So that's Could very confusing. That, yeah. But the, the ones that I read were definitely the fox from the first series was called Ranger. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if that was like they re-edited it. Like I don't know if maybe the third season never came out in America. Hmm. And they just use the names, but who knows? Did you know who did the voice of the fox in the American version? No. Uh, let me guess. Um, Elijah Wood. No. Damn. Ralph Macchio. Oh, Ralph really? Crazy yeah. kid himself. <laughs> yep. Um, so. I wasn't far off with Elijah Wood. No, 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 definitely not. So um, the whole idea is that they they don't know where to go until Toad, um, who is um, you know a Yorkshireman for some reason, <laughs> a proper Northerner, yeah. um, comes and tells them that he once went to a place called White Deer Park, which is like this paradise, yeah, it's a it's nature Eden. reserve, yeah, um, and he can lead them there. He can't really remember the way but he remembers on the way as he's going yeah, on it's right? like uh he has like um i can't feel what it's called you know where animals know where to go like when they have yeah, that, like, like, a, like mating thing like yeah. salmon's going upstream i can't think yeah, what it's called what but he's called. got that, yeah. yeah um so there is a fox a badger a mole who is my favorite character mole is my favorite character in yeah, he's always he always has been um kestrel uh, who is the sort of ranger. Um, you don't see Kestrel much. No, because she's always in the sky and yeah. always scouting ahead. Um, Al, who is a great character. Yeah, I like Al. Yeah. Uh, Adder, who is also a great character. Yeah. Really annoying voice. Yeah. Great character. <laughs> Weasel. Um, Another really annoying voice. Really annoying. <laughs> yeah. The rabbits, the squirrels, the mice, the voles. A lot um, of the voles. The voles are good. The hedgehogs, who we'll get into soon. Um, the newts, who don't last very long. The pheasants. Um, I think there's some more. Yeah. And then when they get to Farthingwood, there are far more animals. Oh, um, Whistler, the heron, who joins oh, them on the yeah. way as well. Like it's really, a really great character. Um, it is worth telling you that out of... Uh, there were 39 episodes, mm-hmm. 28 characters die. In this season. So if you're a fan of Story Lords and you're telling me that I'm bloodthirsty, um, 28 characters die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's probably what it is. 28? 28 characters. The first characters to die um, are a family of newts um, who basically cannot go on the journey because they are amphibious, obviously. Yeah. And they are basically burned alive. Wonderful. It's really nice. Um, yeah, it's told in the narration of, <laughs> and it says something like the newts didn't make it. Oh, God. Uh, the second death, major death, is um, when the animals come to a farm that they, I think they think is abandoned. Mm. And actually the, uh, the, the female pheasant is killed in the next episode in front of her husband, Mr. Yeah, of pheasant. Course, yeah. Um, in the next episode, the pheasant goes back to the farm to save another animal and sees his wife plucked and <laughs> roasted on the My table. God. It is so bad. It's, it's um, too much. This is a kid's show. It, yeah. it, 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 it was probably showing about four o'clock, right? 
Yeah, it was, it was definitely. In yeah, like wasn't... I said, I had, I had episodes of Father and Wood on a VHS tape with Fireman yeah. Sam and Postman Pat. Yeah, right. they're not in any way no. comparable. <laughs> in no way, um, it, it's absolutely insane to me that um, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's so no. yeah. It, it, it's... It, there must have been some reason why they thought, oh, this will be fine to give to kids. I wonder if, do you think it could have been like a religious thing? Like they thought, well, it's just, it's like Moses and that's like a biblical story. So that'll be okay to show to children. I don't know. Like it's... Because biblical things do have a bit of a past when it comes to bloodthirstiness. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a BBC production. Like, yeah. the, well, in terms of network, um, it's insane to me that this was produced. Um, this late as well yeah it's it feels like we we talked about this a second ago but it feels like a 70s production it does in the even 90s. by the how it looks it feels like a 70s production yeah um it because the animation between this and watership uh the animation in this and watership down seemed to be very similar yeah yeah in a lot of ways um so the first episode I watched was called uh, New Friends, Old Enemies. And what had happened in the episode before was that the animals had to cross a river and it was very traumatic and there's lots of little animals that nearly got killed. But Fox was swept away and is now presumed dead. Um, Fox which is was their leader. Fox is their leader, yeah. So I don't know if I mentioned this. The animals make a pact that they all stick together. They all um, they can't hunt each other. Oh yeah, they go on the oath a couple of times. The oath, yeah. yeah. That they, you know, the reason they're doing this is to make sure that um, they get to Deer Park in in a a group Mm -hmm. that they can all live together. And the thing is, the thing that I always found quite endearing about Farthingwood, when they get to White Deer Park, spoilers, at the end of the first <laughs> season, um, they they maintain the oath. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What about the, the, the predators who need to eat? What are they, so, what are they expected to do? So they hunt outside or further in uh, on the outskirts of White Deer Park. Oh, that's a bit... That's a bit um... I don't know, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh. like the, oh, I'm not racist, my friend yeah. is a doctor. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my doctor is black or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, bit, but it's... all other black people are terrible. Um, it is a bit but that's weird. Ha- like, yeah, that's, it's, it's like it's victimisation. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. That's like, oh, it's fine for you to go and murder people of my kind as long as you leave me alone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and there are no animals who have... Um, no intelligence in this show. Yeah, no, they, they, well, the fish, the fish don't have intelligence. They, they oh, just... yeah, because Whistler eats fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. that's fine. I suppose they could fish. all eat fish. Yeah, I don't know. There you they go. <laughs> they no, might all like not. die of malnutrition, but yeah, they can, well, yeah, all, they can all just eat fish. Um, so also in the last episode, the field mice have had babies, uh, because, uh, that's what mice do. They co- they're constant reproductive machines, um, and they've had decided to have children on the way to uh, on this treacherous journey. Quite foolish. Um, yeah, it turns out to be quite foolish. Um, so Badger has taken a lead, a temporary lead of the um, the group. Badger, you don't know this at the time, but it's quite obvious when you're watching it. 
Badger has dementia. Yes. Um, early onset dementia. I'm not joking when I say this either. Yeah, it's, a, it's, who's a plot, it's a plot point. So yeah. It's a plot point. Badger has dementia and Badger is forgetful and um, struggles with decisions and gets stressed really easily. Um, so after the crossing of the river and now that the mice have had babies, the smaller um, animals, uh, the voles, the mm. um, voles, squirrels, hedgehogs, squirrels and mice. Yeah. I'm sure there was something else, wasn't there? There were rabbits, but they're classified as the bigger animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> not that big. <laughs> yeah. Fer- uh, ferret is a sort of midway. Is there a ferret? There's a yeah, weasel. Uh, weasel. Sorry. I, I um, hated weasel. I wanted I wanted weasel to be get run over by one of the Yeah, animals, weasel but... is um, in for the comic relief, but doesn't really... Yeah. Work. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like no. um, a, a 90s kids show version of comic relief. Yeah, exactly. Like Blur from the Transformers or something like that. Um, so they tell Badger that they can't deal with it anymore. They're going to stay. Um, this seems to be a, a good area on the other side of the river that the developers can't get to. And they're going to stay on this side of the the river and raise their families. OK, yeah, um, it's, um, it's like a d- democracy versus authoritarianism thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They have a big council. Yeah. There's, and um, there's also a thing about like there's more of the smaller animals they should have more of a say in what's going on and they don't like yeah. the bigger animals are telling them what to do exactly um this is like the main theme of this episode like um the in in lieu of fox's leadership the oath starts to break down yeah. um Meanwhile, Fox is like, he's arrived in a town. He's been swept all the way down the river in a town and he has to deal with humans and yep. uh, for some reason, a cat. Yeah, um, he has to deal with Mickey Flanagan as a cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, a friendly horse with a ridiculous laugh. Um, and then <laughs> I he like meets. The I like that <laughs> the horse is just like so matter of fact about the fact that he helps to hunt foxes. Yeah. Fox is yeah. like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go now, bye. Um, and then he disgu- disguised it, uh, discovers a empty, I don't know what, a, a den set? Uh, yes. No, Badger's set. It's a den, isn't it? A fox's den. den. Fox den. Yeah. Um, and um, realises that it's someone else's, another fox called Vixen. Which Obviously, is, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and they decide to, this is where they're, quote unquote, romance is. Uh, yeah, starts. I thought, because uh, I only watched episode seven and ten. I didn't mm-hmm. do my homework. Yeah, uh, it so it felt very abrupt that the fact that the episode, the end of episode seven, they meet. Beginning of episode ten, they're talking about having babies together. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, it's been yeah. like a day. <laughs> yeah, but they're not, they're animals. They are animals, but when they you give it, like when you try to give them like the anthro personalities of like romance in it, yeah, it seems very rushed. Yeah. yeah. So um, the. Owl is the uh, the wise sage, as all owls are tend to. Is she, be in... is she though? Is she wise, or does she mm. just quote things? She just quotes things. Yeah. She's mock wise, yeah. But she basically says to Badger, you know, if they want to stay, it's their decision. So Badger reluctantly agrees to go on without them. Mm. Um, when they are, I would say, ten meters away from the <laughs> yeah. smaller animals, um, there's, they... there's a scream. <laughs> They, there's a scream and they see a shrike in the air. Now uh, you, I didn't you, know what you know what, what, the, the, what you know it's a shrike because as it's dive bombing, it's yelling 
Shrike. Shrike. <laughs> shrike. Um, now, if you don't know what a shrike is, uh, let me tell you that most people who watch this show didn't know what a shrike is. Yeah. And they did after. Yeah. Uh, so a shrike is a bird, a predatory bird, which ca- uh, steals small mammals and impales them on gorse uh, thorns yeah. in order to keep them uh, for later consumption. Yes, it's very nice. So, it's, um, nature is lovely. Yes. So what happens is they the big animals run back, the hare uh, runs back and finds the bush with all the baby field mice imbe- impaled on the um, the thorns. Yep. And it lingers on that image of that baby does, yep. mice With, covered in blood. There is gore. In blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the babies have been killed. Uh, and it's then. So, like, it's so what were they fact thinking? as well. I know. <laughs> I know. You didn't need to show it. That's the no. thing. Um, and but it's like, Vol- I feel like there's a weird, like, allegory for, like, the Holocaust as well in this scene. Uh, because they're having to tell the children to stop crying so that they can hide from the shrike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a, it, is a, it is a very weird, weird scene in, in this show. Um, you get a really detailed picture of the gorse bush as well with the babies yeah. all hanging from the the thorns. Um, it's really grisly. It's, it's, it's really grisly. Um but then Vol asks Badger if the, the small mammals can go on with the rest of the animals after all. And then they set off. It is a horrifying episode. Yeah, and I think the most horrifying thing is, like, they're safer now that the babies aren't there. Yeah. That's bleak. Like, that's so dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's Oh, man. It, I think it's... out of all, like, the, the deaths and maimings that happened during this show... That one's got to be like the worst one, and it's so uh, early on as well. It's definitely one of the worst ones. It's I, I can't tell if it's this one or the pheasant. Yeah. Um. We, you know, we were talking to V yesterday, weren't we? About um on the Discord about yeah. Farthingwood, and she said, "Oh, the only thing I remember is the hedgehogs and the mice." And we were like, <laughs> "Oh, okay. Well, yeah. they're the two episodes we picked because they're the two that stick in the mind." Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the next episode I watched between this, two this evils. One, <laughs> this one is it's pretty traumatic what happens, but I feel like it's a lot funnier than the first one. Like this, oh, like, there's yeah. like a dark comedy to this one. Yeah, but it is. We'll talk about this after, but there is a pervading tension in yeah. these two episodes because yeah, you know like... something, is, especially when you know something's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, the the smaller animals are unhappy at the beginning of this episode that they need that the larger animals tend to go off without them, um, and they're left behind a little bit. Mm. Um, but they're also being chased. Yeah, they're being chased by a hunt at the moment. Yes, um, yeah. The big and bigger animals are being chased. So the smaller animals are like, "Why are we busting our guts?" The smaller animals are shits. They are, yeah, especially Vol. Throughout this first season, the Vols are the Vol. If the Vol was a person, it'd be Richard Kind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah, Vol did, was yeah, a yeah, person. Yeah. I didn't um, like how he kept calling his wife mother. 
That's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't like that. That's weird. They haven't got kids. No, that's yeah. That's what um, what's his name? The um, senator. Um, yeah, Connell. He calls his yeah. wife mother. Oh, God. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> what really a freak! He's a freak. Um, so he looks a bit like a vole. Yeah, yeah, he does. He kind of looks like a turtle as well, though. He does, yeah. He's some kind of watery neck. Um, so Frog rem- Toad remembers all of a sudden that um, there was a road being built when mm. he came back from White Deer Park, but it was gravel and um, hadn't been built yet. And yeah. Fox says that you know. Humans build and destroy really quickly. Um, like they don't have a connection with nature. Yeah. Um, and they come to a three-lane motorway on both sides. Yes. Now, the the traffic on the near side of the motorway is almost at a standstill, but the traffic on the far side is very fast. Yeah. So they decide they should get to the middle as soon as possible. There is a big problem with this episode in that the big animals could clearly carry mm, yeah, I always the think, smaller animals yeah. across. Yeah, and they could have done what squir- the squirrels did and just go over the bonnets. Yeah. But they didn't uh, have to go under the cars. Yeah. But, but, I suppose, but like I don't know. It's uh, there had to be some kind of like the drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there hadn't <laughs> been a there hadn't been a death for an episode, yeah. so you needed some deaths here. But like um Whistler carries a few animals across and um, Badger always carries Molly on top of himself. There was a really touching scene in the early half of the series where Mole wasn't convinced that he could get a, go follow them because Moles are slow. Yeah. Um, and Badger just said to him, well, you can just stay on my back the whole <laughs> time. Very nice, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like... Oh, that's really sweet. And then you realise, why couldn't he have taken another animal? Yeah. Why couldn't couldn't he he have taken a hedgehog? (laughs) He's taken a couple of them. Yeah. (laughs) So um, they cross to the middle, to the central reservation of the motorway. Um, There's things that happen, like weasel pretends to die. (laughs) They start getting pelted with trash from a passing car. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I thought, oh, come on, people aren't like that now, surely. Like if you saw Mm. a squirrel on the side of the road, you wouldn't start hooking things at it. Maybe they were trying to scare it off the road so it didn't get killed. Maybe, yeah. But, but it there, is preceded there is the, mother, by... the, the uh, woman in the car to say filthy vermin and oh, starts right. throwing things at Okay, fair I can't not. see... Honestly, not as bad as humanity is. Nowadays, yeah. I can't see somebody just chucking garbage at a squirrel. No. Especially but... somebody who owns a, like a family of four in a car. It's, indeed, uh... indeed. <laughs> Um, there's lots of near misses, like Mrs. Vole closes her eyes in front of a car and has to be saved by Badger. Oh, yeah. Field the, mouse the gets... Mouse, the mouse yeah. gets stuck under the wheel of a car. Yeah, What, what were they going to do? Yeah. His tail is crushed now, sure. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. unusable now. I thought, oh, God, they're not going to cut his tail off, are they? No. no <laughs> like, they I was really know. worried they that they were going to chop his tail off. But but there is a, that sense of, like, drama in this there episode. Is. So much of it. Like... Yeah. Only one really terrible thing happens, mm. but it feels well, two, like so much more is going to yeah. happen. They start to get um, feel ill from the exhaust fumes. Yeah, um, Ada's gone missing, and Al was sent back to look for her because they're worried that she's been trampled in the hunt. Um, <laughs> oh, I saw a dead they... snake on the side of the road the other day. Oh wow! Yeah, and Ada on the um, just like on the layby. Like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, I know. That's uh, prescient, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. 
So oh, very Whistler close to then... the road. It nearly made it. Mm. Poor Adam. To, to Spivsey Deer Park. <laughs> yep. Um, so then Whistler realises that there's no way that it's been bad enough. There's no way that the smaller animals can cross this, cross this uh, mm. second yeah, part it's of really the motorway. Bad side. Yeah, it's like 70 mile an hour. Yeah. They're all going quite fast. Um, Whistler starts carrying smaller animals across, but he's unable to carry the hedgehogs because they're too thorny. Yeah, that, that, do I, it. I thought that was a pretty shitty excuse because if you like, took your hedgehog... They're yeah. not that thorny because the spikes are down. Like if also, he just held them the other way around, he would have been fine. <laughs> also, he's got feet. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't make any sense that he could yeah. carry them across. So I think all he the just quick did animals. Like no, that's, I think that's it. It's a hedgehog racism thing. Yeah. So all the quicker animals make it across the road quite easily, um, far easily than the first set. Yeah, which is of, weird. Of, yeah. yeah, but the hedgehogs are constantly, like, it's soul-destroying watching this mm. scene because yeah. the hedgehogs are caught in, like, tension. They, yeah. they, they, Hedgehogs, naturally, when they are scared, have the, you know, predisposition to curl up into a ball to defend themselves. Mm. Yeah. And Mr. Hedgehog and Mrs. Hedgehog are in the road feeling the vibrations and Mr. Hedgehog is frozen in fear and he keeps saying, don't curl up, don't curl up, don't curl up, don't curl up. <laughs> and, of course... God, they curl God. up yeah. and get crushed by a articulated truck. And you see and it you happen. see them bloody underneath the wheels it's, temporarily. I mean, it's like it's like a frame, but there is like a red streak on the ground. Yeah. How, yeah. how did they get away with doing that? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and they are sad by the death of the hedgehogs. Yeah. But it's almost like they accept it very, very quickly. Very, like, very, very nature. quickly. Yeah, and then we immediately after, happen. there's like a comic relief moment with Weasel. Like, it's yeah. immediate. Or with, um, yeah. when you have, they have to go back to get Adder, and he picks a, uh, Whistler picks a badder in his mouth, and yeah. he's like really mad about it. And they're, like they're all laughing and joking about yeah. Adder being, being carried across while the mangled remains of their friend are you know, like, 15 feet in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's um, This is the one. This is the episode that stays with you. Yeah, because this is, is one I remember. Yeah, There is a gradual build-up of, of sort of like uh, tension throughout the episode and watching as someone fights against their nature to not die and yeah. dies anyway <laughs> is very traumatic. It is, yeah. It was hard to watch as an adult, let alone as a kid. <laughs> It was really weird. There's so many things that like what what this could mean as well as like like a, a theming or an allegory mm. about like the nature like nature versus ability and that sort of thing. Like they were able to get across the first set of road, but was that too much for them? Like, did they? Is that why their natural instincts took over on the second side because of the fear of the first side of the road? Like, yeah, if there maybe. was only one lane of cars, they would have been perfectly fine. It's yeah. like, oh, it's too much. It's, <laughs> it's the. It must be also the relief of doing something only to know you've got to do it again, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the, um, yeah. and the expectation as well that they were expected to get across the other side of the road, but their nature was too much for them. Yeah, like it over yeah. overwrote the expectation of the other animals. But surely the other animals have also got the these natural instincts to stop when there's like something frightening. Like a yeah. deer in the, in the middle of a road. 
Well, especially animals that naturally camouflage, right? Yeah, yeah. And prey animals as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their natural defense mechanism is to make themselves spiky. Yeah. So they can't be attacked by a dog or something like that. Yeah, it's like cornering a rat. Yeah. It's um, it's a harsh show that gets even harsher. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> this is not the last time that innocent children and animals die in... Not children, but animal children. Yeah. Um, die in this show. Uh, like, cubs are killed and... There is a really bad episode where Badger is so old and dementia-ridden that um, Mole's Mole has died in the season before, and his son is the new Mole. Yeah. Um, and he thinks that the second Mole is the first Mole. Oh, it's sad. They, it's really sad, and they have to play along with it, and oh. then they find him dead the next morning, just dead of died of old age, and it's really brutal. Um, I remember that. At least it didn't specifically. get like, called or something. <laughs> it was, yeah, exactly. At least it was old age. Um, they get when they get to White Deer Park. There is another um, set of foxes, and there's like a war between the two sets of foxes, and and cubs are killed and stuff mm. like that. It's I think it's a lot. Uh, I think it's a. Well, if they were trying to do it as like a, we want to teach children about death and sad things like that in a yeah. more controlled environment through animation. Yeah. That's admirable to want to try to do that. But I don't think they did a very good job because mm. the tone shifts so often. Yeah. Where, and there's no like time to mourn a character. Yeah. And it's too much at once. In the next episode, which is um, a deathly calm, the animals are starving because they haven't eaten for so long and they come to a field of uh, cabbages that they're not allowed to eat because they've been they've used pesticides on them deliberately to ca- uh, to stop things eating them and oh, they have to God. walk through a field of cabbages knowing that they can't eat them at all god that's very uh, wizard of oz isn't it yeah <laughs> that's, it's that's uh, terrible jeez uh yeah it's 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 weird <laughs> yeah i mean that's not i don't think that's like a thing anybody would have to know to deal with no <laughs> no no it almost feels like the show was made for animals rather than humans yeah like <laughs> don't kids careful. watching this, this so how scummy think, they are. i mean i suppose if you are a child and you ended up in a field full of cabbages with pesticide on you shouldn't eat the cabbages and you no, might think true. back to this episode about animals of father wood think, well yeah. th- those animals didn't eat the cabbages so i'd better not yeah I mean, it's an it's an odd show really odd yeah it's an odd show but it's a good show it was all right the two episodes i watched were i, th- I thought the there was too much too much tonal shift in them really yeah like, yeah it's yeah. much better i would say it's much better as a series yeah. than it is as a um one-off episode like the the sort of gallows humor of it is mm. something that exists from the beginning yeah. and they call um weasel out on it a few times but she never stops it's like it's this is her way of dealing with the trauma so yeah. it's a lot more understandable um it's a it's an odd show but i'm i'm glad i watched it when i was younger and i'm glad i watched it rewatched it yeah it's, I think it's um, very, it's very it's interesting yeah. yeah sticks in your mind that's for sure well, it's definitely one of the most memorable cartoons from my childhood. Yeah. I'd um, what would you give it, rating um, wise? I'd 
about six and a half, maybe. All right. I'm not going to the... go o- overboard with it because yeah. I feel like it, if the idea was to like teach kids about more darker subject matter in a you know a better environment, then that's yeah. great. Like it was a noble thing to want to do. But I don't think they did it very well. I think they no. could have, like I don't know. Like it's the timing of things in the episodes. Yeah, it's um. There is not a lot of time to breathe. Yeah, yeah, it's just constant, like. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think I'd give it a little bit higher. I'd give it like a seven point five. I yeah. think, to be honest, it works much better as a series mm. than it yeah. does individual episodes. And I think for it to have stuck with me that long, like I could remember the actual, uh, not just the deaths, but the episodes themselves. Mm. Yeah. And they said things, and I was like, oh, my God, it was like lost knowledge. It was like, I remember them saying this. So um, lots of it is well written. Other parts of it probably needed another draft, you know. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. There's a lot. It suffers from there being too many characters as well, yes. which they, yeah. they sort out themselves by yeah. killing yeah. 28 of them. Um, you know, how, do, how is there 28 characters like, at all? They add new deaths. all the time. Yeah, that's they weird. Add though. new ones all the time. Um, <laughs> in the last series, I think it's the last series is the one that I don't remember very well. I right. think there are rats that are, like trying to kill them. Right, that's, that's they unfair are, to rats, isn't it? Why are they always well, the bad guys? They're always the baddie. Um, and like all the rats die, all the rats die. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an odd show. It's an odd yeah. show. It's well worth a watch though. I would recommend if you're gonna watch it. Just watch the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To stop after the first season and pretend that they're okay. Yeah, because if, like, if at the end of the first season they make it to White Deer Park, it feels like the end of their journey anyway. Do you know? Do you know what this show reminds me of? In all honesty, what The Walking Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Um, We've got to get away, got to get away from this impending danger. And every time they think they've got sanctuary, there's a new danger. Yeah, because like... And the danger is sometimes their nature. I think zombie media is like a man versus nature sort of thing as well. Yeah. It's it's like returning to feral, like, bestial... um, (laughs) I nearly said bestiality. (laughs) Like a a feral form, because it's like returning to nature, yeah. Right, okay, so uh, we're going to take a break now we've talked about trauma to talk about (laughs) more trauma when we're back. We'll be back in a minute. Bye, guys. Charlie and I were in the park. (laughs) Then this man came up and said, would I like to see some puppies? And I said yes. And I was going to go, but Charlie stopped me. Charlie's reminded me my mum says I shouldn't go off with people I don't know. Then the man went away. We went and told mummy, and she said we'd been very good. I got an apple and Charlie got something he likes. He says never go anywhere with men or ladies you don't know. Hey gang, we're back. Did you take your anxiety pills? Because you probably <laughs> should have, because we're going to 
jump straight back into the trauma. <laughs> straight back into it. Of Spivsy's pick, and he picked something that also haunted us both from our childhood, which we <laughs> instantly said, this is the one we pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I've got a list of episodes um, that we decided when we started doing our uh, thing and we put uh, our schedule and we mm. put uh, titles to them. This was the first one that we put down. Yeah. Um, I picked so, uh, Watership Down for my, uh, yeah. <laughs> my traumatic bleak nature. Um, it was uh, Watership Down was adapted from Richard Adams' 1972 mm-hmm. novel, chronicling the journey of a group of rabbits escaping from a doomed warren in search of a new home. Uh, it was written, produced, and directed by Martin Rosen, and featured the voices of John Hurt, Richard Briers, Harry Andrews, and Zero Mostel in his final role. He was the um, the Gull uh, Kihan. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know who Zero Mostel is, he was in a load of uh, Mel Brooks movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the plot is about the rabbit Fiverr, who has a vision of destruction against their warren, and led by Fiverr's brother Hazel, a group of the rabbits journey to find a new home. And along the way, they encounter different rabbit societies, like the cult-like warren of Cowslip and the militaristic mm-hmm. warren of Afrefa, culminating yep. in a battle between the rabbits of Watership Down and the Afrefan general Woundwood. The he's movie such a horrible character. It's horrible. Yeah, he's like gruesome. He's like um, he reminded me of Uruks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's a very um, like a, a visceral villain. But like, but, if there's one image you remember, it's Woundwort in the um, in the burrow, like yes, digging through yeah. with blood like, all over his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the movie's a cult classic, regarded as a cult classic. Features realistic animation, dark undertones, and intense scenes that delve into subjects such as freedom, leadership, courage, faith, and survival. It's inspired by classic epics and tales of the hero's journey. Most notably to me, The Odyssey and The Trojan War, and Mm -hmm. explores themes of violence in power, authoritarianism versus democracy, and the idea of belonging. And that's my intro. That's very good. Um, One thing that we talked briefly about before we started, because we gushed a bit about how good this was. Yes. Sorry to give the uh, open the barn doors very quickly there and let everything out. Um, <laughs> is how rabbit society is yeah, portrayed. Yeah, the um, El Araya. Yeah, like the sun god, and the the mythology and the cult have um, like poetry and art. Mm, yeah, and the um, like, the the cult are like uh, like doomsday cultists. Yeah, like the black rabbit who. Um, leads people to their death and the idea is like death is an inevitability and you can't escape your fate and that sort of thing and a lot of the movies about Fiverr and Hazel and the other rabbits trying to escape the black rabbit it's yeah I can't remember what the word for it is but there's like a word for fiction inside fiction I think it's yeah xenofiction it's like like um uh like like god stuff in yeah inside things that are already about gods oh right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. i um i so for me something um that i really want from every single thing i absorb in terms of um media mm, yeah. is i want a wider world yes yeah i like i want something where i can find a wikipedia with like twelve thousand pages yeah yes. like it's why i like zelda Yes. Yeah. Uh, Zelda as a concept to me is like, okay, so there are all these generations or realities where there's a link mm, and they yeah. all share a common-ish mythology of like, 
you know, the maidens and the the three forces of nature or the three pendulums or something like yeah, that. There's yeah. always a like a rule of three and a stuff yeah. like that. The it's, um, mythology uh, the, in this. Usually mythology is a three, sevens and eights for some reason. Yeah, which it is in Zelda yeah. all the time. Um, and um, the mythology in this, like how the rabbit got its tail, how the yes. rabbit got its yeah. feet. It's great. It's very, uh, it so reminded good. me a lot of like African creation myths. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, Especially yeah, due to like, like the, the um, animation style at the start of the, yeah. the movie as well. Like That's very uh, like African. Like, yeah. Theming, it's um, yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, they do it in Star Trek a lot as well, especially mm. with the Klingons. Yeah, like their mythology. Because I remember, like, I mean, like my folklore stuff. So I tried to mm-hmm. find things like this. I tried to find a story which was similar to um, Kales and like the um, throwing mm-hmm. the battle into the sea and all that sort yeah. of volcano and everything. I yeah, couldn't yeah. find anything that was similar to it. So like, it, it was like they had entirely made up their own new mythology which is that's so difficult to do um, like, like with I, this yeah it's so I, hard to do <laughs> i it's something i try and do when i do stories of my own yeah um so do you remember i don't know if you do remember because it's obviously more important to me than it is to a lot of people but um <laughs> i did um some creation uh star trek mythology for the um Oh my god! What they called the pig pigmen? Oh, um, uh, uh, Tellerites. Tellerites, where they argued their own gods out of existence. Oh yeah, they're really yeah. argumentative. Yeah, and like that to me is like that finding a way to explain why things have the characteristics they have. Yes, yes, is so important. Like if there was a god now, he'd be far more like Zeus because because it, it yeah. would explain human. Um, human um what's the word nature mm, yeah rather yeah. than you know the god of all gods christianity yeah i god. think if yeah if we like found out there was an all all powerful being living up in the clouds either they are completely oblivious to anything that's happening on earth mm. or they've left yeah like <laughs> i can't see any other <laughs> any other explanation because no. I don't know how you, like, if you invented humanity and then left them to their own devices for 30,000 years, you at some point would have said, oh, you, you guys are getting a bit weird down there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to smite you. Yeah. Something would have happened. Um, <laughs> I like how um, Fiverr, they never, ever explain why Fiverr is a seer. No, they don't. No. Like, I. He's just got some uncanny link to what's yeah. going to happen. I think it's. It is their religion, isn't it? I think there must yeah. be some kind of connection to it because it's like it's known as well. Like they say at the start of the movie, like this is he's the been first, right before. Yeah, he's been right yeah. before. Yeah, like uh, that's why I said it reminds me of the Tro- of um, Trojan War because it's basically yeah. Cassandra. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the um, um, when... the, the rabbit, the big rabbit, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Right at the very beginning, the uh, chief. Yeah. Um. Shit. Yeah, I can't... Captain Holly isn't there. Yes, but Theria? the big Theria. I don't remember, but the he's Theria. he's basically Agamemnon, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's um the the vision he has as well of yeah. the blood like seeping over the downs. Yeah, um, is really like for a kid must be really frightening. It's yeah, like you feel Fiverr's fear, and it's 
I found it interesting at the very beginning of the movie when the rabbits first appear on scene. They're uh, like drawn more realistically, like they look like mm. a watercolor painting rather than yeah. like the um, like cell shaded animation that they do for the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. Like it looks really, really realistic. And then when yeah. the movie starts up and they start talking and stuff, they revert to a more like animated form. Yeah, which yeah, makes me wonder: absolutely. was that a time saving method for the rest of the film, or is there meaning behind that? Like, is it yeah. too? Is it like a connection between the realism of the animals compared to the not realistic depiction of them later on? Like, mm. Is it, is it humanizing them at the very at the beginning of the movie? Maybe, yeah. Into the animation. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, love, I, love, I love that sort of thing. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I, I think that's, I also... what makes, that's what makes this movie so interesting is all like the theming behind everything. But also like the wider feel that there is a existing universe behind it. So yeah, when yeah. Um, Hazel goes to see the the chief of the rabbit of the Warren, yeah. um, he te- says to Bigwig, like, I want to see the chief. And Bigwig's like, no, not sure about, like, should you see it? You're going to get me in a bit of trouble. Mm. And he's like, come on, Bigwig. Like, when was the last time I asked to see the chief? Like, they they have lived in this community for years. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's friendships and there's connections and, like, the the whole, oh, five is always right. He's been right a few times before. Yeah. Um, And when he goes to talk to the chief, and he's saying, mm. like, oh, oh, five has had another vision. There's yeah. uh, something terrible is coming, like death is coming. There are other rabbits listening in yeah, who aren't necessarily on the side of the chief. But there is, no. like, there's not a... Like, when you see with the other warrens that they go to later in the movie, there is a set idea that each of them have. Yeah. That they all agree with one another. Like, it's one belief. But in this warren, there seems to be, like, a divide between who believes what. Yeah, which I found yeah. that really interesting. Like it's like there's lots of politics. Yeah, in, in that yeah. war in itself. And the thing is, like, um, the chief rabbit has obviously believed Fiverr before, mm, but yeah. this is a direct threat to his authority. Yes, yeah. So he denies him. It's like a real anti-truthism. Yeah, about it. Um, it's really clever, really clever. It's very, it's um, very this is, well done. This is just like the first ten minutes of the yeah, film. Yeah, and you learn so much about like the different characters as well. Like, with, mm. um, I like Hazel is probably the only leader rabbit in the movie who has the skills to actually be a leader, and the others have yes. just sort of set They've up got their strengths. Sense. Yeah, like Blackberry is the smart one, and um, I think Hazel's strength is good judgment. Yes, yeah, and. Um, Hazel's strength is uh, changing his ideals based on what's best for the community. Yeah, like having an evidence-based judgment yeah. system. Yeah. Uh, one of the most, I think, one of the most interesting parts of Hazel's like journey as a leader is when he tries to rescue the other rabbits that are inside the barn. Yeah. Like he didn't need to do that. Like it would have no. been, it would have been detrimental to the rest of their community with more of them on the run. Yeah. But he decides to try to help them out anyway, and. Yeah. yeah, fails miserably. But yeah. <laughs> um, what I like as well is like Bigwig trusts him. Yes, yeah. For a large part of the film, he really does trust him. Um, and when the three rabbits in in part one, because it's in part th- three parts, really, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. yeah. And, it's hero's journey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. And when the rabbits start to 
uh, realise that there's no does around mm. and there's no... Like, where are they going? They haven't got a plan. Hazel and Bigwig convince them to stay. Yes. Like, yeah. what are you going back to? Um, yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. I mean, later on they find out there literally is nothing there. They're filled in yeah. the orange with concrete. Yeah. And they would have gone back and they would have been killed. Yeah. So it's, you just um, have to keep, keep going forward. And, and um, then it, it's uh, about the, the the amount of rabbits that are with them as they're going on their journey. Uh, there is an early death, quite quite brutal yeah. one, where Violet. Um, Violet goes to look at some, some uh, dandelion seeds, some flowers, and gets taken by a hawk. Yeah. And the only doe in the... Yeah. Uh, and it's so quick, leaf. and it happens yeah. right in front of Fiverr's eyes. Yeah, and that starts Fiverr's sort of guilt about what he's doing, like his responsibility of being a seer, but knowing that his visions cause death mm. occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah he's a... almost like an agent of the Black Rabbit in a way. Yes, and I, I think, think so. that's I... why the Black Rabbit comes to him to tell him where to find Fiverr. Yeah, I think uh, um, uh, Hazel. Sorry, that's. The meaning behind the dream sequence that he has later yeah. with uh, the uh, Garfunkel song. Yeah. Bright eyes. Yeah, bright eyes. <laughs> uh, I think that is about like him getting a, a, the Black Rabbit is talking to him through his dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, really interesting stuff. What do it's you think about clever. how, what do you think about how the female characters are portrayed in this? Uh, they're they're portrayed as a you can tell by my sharp intake of breath I think this is a very 70s yes uh, they're all male characters Mm -hmm. females are seen as a means to an end yes yeah Uh, Uh, Heisenfly is is the only one who seems to like do anything else like has some kind of agencies of her own yeah yeah Yeah. but I I think it's really interesting because like there's like a values distance in the movie Mm. but is it a values dissonance of the animalistic nature of rabbits, or possibly a dissonance of nineteen seventies portrayal of female characters. I think a bit of both. To I be think honest. a bit of both. Yeah, um, because you know there is a. I think the female characters in Farthingwood are stronger than the female characters in this. Weirdly yes, enough, yeah, yeah. Um, they're given some of the better jobs as well, mm. um, but there's twenty years of distance. Yeah, between exactly. these two yeah. products. Yeah. Um the 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 way females are portrayed in this uh or female characters are portrayed in this production is the only downside to me. Yeah, yeah. But I still it's it is a downside, but I still feel it works within the theming of the movie. Yeah. Because it is about yeah. survival and they are rabbits. <laughs> yeah. And... But that's that's hard to get past. I mean, I feel like Heisenthaler is kind of like a subversion with it as well because she is yeah. actively acting against the patriarchal society that she finds herself in. Absolutely. I was just about to say that. There's a very um, Handmaid's Tale yeah. theme going on with Heisenthaler. Um And she's brave. Yes. Like far yeah. braver than... She's Hazel's equal in another yeah. Warren. Right. Yeah, she's cause... the one who goes to the um, Wound Wart and says, like, we need to leave. We want to leave. Yeah. We're done with this. Knowing how dangerous he is. And she's one of the um, few rabbits who help lure the dog as well at the end of the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, that's brave. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have been... Uh, it wouldn't have been um, hard to make Blackberry female. I don't or, think so, no. Like, you know, yeah. cowslip female. 
uh, you know, like make them a woman character. Mm. And so I'm using female quite a lot because the the distinction between rabbits and humans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But if uh, the characters all didn't need to be male. No, they didn't. No, no. I feel like some of them, uh, the idea behind their character works better if they are male. Like the yes. leadership roles, especially because it's meant to be like the dangers of that kind of leadership. Uh-huh, I feel like yeah. if it was a female character, it would have changed the meaning behind that a little. Well, also not just um, the fact that you know the males are leaders because males tend to be leaders in the nature, like the head of a pack or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the testosterone-driven mm. impulses of male leaders are really on display here and not portrayed well. No, they're not, no. Like, the two warrens that they go to, uh, the cowslip and Afrofa, mm-hmm. one of them are a doomsday cult, and the other yep. one is basically a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has he has a, a sort of, like, a fascist police force. Yeah. And he's he also has like um, like sex slavery in their yeah, society. Absolutely, that's why um, Heisenthal is trying to get away. That's yeah. what I got from it. It's like you are you are just we're breeders to you. We're yeah. breeders, which is interesting because Hazel says like if we want to continue, we need to get more does. Mm. We haven't got any does. But you never. Get, he asks permission of the yeah. animals in the barn if they want to come with him. Yeah, it's not just you are coming with us. Yeah, um, and he doesn't try and breed them straight away. No. Um, again, I'm using this terminology because there's rabbits. Yes, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not my my inclination to use breed them as a uh, as an <laughs> adjective. Um, the the first really horrifying thing happens when Bigwig's caught in the snare. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is a point I wanted to make about the uh, the entirety of Watership Down and like the. The fact it's meant to be like a really traumatizing movie. Mm. I don't know if this is me just being older and like knowing what's going to happen and kind of like accepting the parts of it because I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. Like I don't have like yeah. the visceral memory of it, like traumatizing me or anything. Is it me just like having a new perspective on things, or am I like emotionally stunted? Because honestly, with the the way people talk about this film, I don't think it's that bad. Like in the trauma section. Because there's one on-screen death of Violet. Mm. There's some violence when they're attacked, and there's a death at the end. The rest of it, nothing that bad really happens. Like there's a bit well, of like, there's like drama or like tension, yeah. but it doesn't really seem that horrendous to me. So I agree with you, and I think it's it's it, you start to ask yourself the question. Am I a sociopath? Yeah, exactly. Do I like? Yeah. Do, am I? Am I? Am I sort of like? Have I stunted, walled <laughs> off my emotions? Do I not feel anything? And actually, what it is is there is an element of I talk about this all the time on Story Lords as well. In terms of there needs to be death in stories, yeah, in order to show risk. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. If if the ultimate risk isn't the loss of life, then what are we doing this story for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but um, it's. I think it's just the risk that's yeah that happens in this film because the actual deaths. Like, if you had never seen Warship Down and you heard people talking about it, you would go into this movie thinking there's going to be like a death every ten minutes. Like, there's going to be mm-hmm. like 
things being torn apart and like it's going to be really gory and everything. But it's not. It's not. It's not at all. But there's a lot it's... of points where you think it could be. I I think I think the 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 time period this was produced in. Yeah. Was is the reason why people talk about it in terms of traumatic? Because what did you else did you have going on at the time? You had Disney films. Yeah. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah. And then you had this British production about rabbits, like and slavery, and you know anti-authoritarianism, and you know territorialism. Mm. And, and you have to remember cult like, behavior. <laughs> at this point in like British media, it was like death and trauma were just mm. half of the course. Like everything was about somebody like getting run over by a train or getting trapped inside fridges. Or car crashes like mm. everything was like psas constantly and i feel yeah. like watership down kind of fit into that same mold of trauma <laughs> like mm. it's like bambi times 30 like, in, yeah in media absolutely. at that point yeah yeah it's like I, I find that like period of kids tv in the 70s so interesting of what things happened in shows I, and i I think that that maybe shaped like eighties children as well. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, it's, like, called, it's called the haunted generation. <laughs> their their parents, like my, I can remember my parents thinking like, it doesn't matter about age restrictions and stuff like mm. that. We grew up with Watership Down and stuff. So yeah. why would I mean? My mum was very young when she had me. She was like twenty, and um, I suppose is that young? Yeah, it's younger than I was when I had a kid. But um, she was like, "What's wrong with Watership Down? What's let it wrong with letting him watch RoboCop at five years yeah, old?" Yeah, And like to me, it's like, "My God, I wouldn't let Evan watch some of this stuff." <laughs> um, it's it's really strange. Uh, I would this have been around the same time as uh, the cat who used to tell that kid not to go off with strangers? I don't know. Probably that must have been the. I can't remember what it was called. Was it? Simon's cat? No, that was something else completely. Yeah, something. No, something. Simon's cat was the white cat. Wasn't yeah, it? Simon's cat was the, the animation thing. Yeah, Simon's yeah, uh, yeah. It was like um, there'd be a kid in a park, and he'd be saying like, and then a man would come over and say, "Do you want to come and look at my puppies in my van?" And then the cat mm. would come and say, "Don't go with it." Yeah, and that yeah, would be yeah, like yeah. on all the time, and then it would be like um, how to cross the road videos where it would yep. be somebody getting like, like mowed down by a truck. That Don't sort of cross thing. railway tracks when yeah. you saw that kid get his leg cut off because he's third fell on the third rail. Or that um that railway safety video, which is like ten yeah. minutes long about the sports day. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Oh, it's insane. And there's that one about um wearing your seatbelt where the the van uh, breaks and the kid just goes flying out the windscreen. Yep. And the one about uh, having lights on your bike at night and he gets yep. hit by a car. And then later on, it's the policeman coming to tell the mother that the son's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know how people survived. <laughs> no, well, because of fear. Yeah, like never do anything. It was, oh man, I'm glad we didn't weren't raised in that sort of environment. No, like we, we still were raised had... by people that were raised in yeah, that environment. Yeah, though. we still had that sort of like media, like um, the hedgehogs crossing the road. Yeah, look both ways and all that sort of thing, and the um. Green Cross Code, man. <laughs> I think, like, I want to talk about one other element of this that I right. really do like. The um, 
pseudo-religious mm. um, elements of, you've done a good job, Hazel. It's time to die and come and join my Ausla. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really good and really done in a... I, so I felt this way about um, Prince of Egypt. That mm. Yeah. If yeah. things are handled well in a story, religion becomes almost like acceptable to me. Yeah, I because think it's it's quite good what? in Watership Down because there there's religious overtones in it all the way through, mm-hmm. but it's not based on any set religion. It's not like yeah. it doesn't feel preachy of like saying, "Oh, this is Christianity" or "This is Buddhism" or anything. It's just it's their own religion, which is taking elements from all different kinds of things. I think when it's yeah. like. Uh, less homogenized like in that way it's it feels um more palatable yeah 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 yeah. you're right you're right it it does help that it is a new religion as well a religion yeah. that we haven't been raised around or new in you know inverted commas yeah new to us yeah um it's um i really like the end as well i like mm, the I fact well. that yeah. you don't know whether like you don't know whether Woundwater has been killed. Yeah, I love um, that narration. He bec- it, what, becomes Woundwater. a bogeyman. Yeah, he's like a mythological being. It's great. But I suppose um, in rabbit society, they only live for like what, five years, five, six years. Mm. That's a lot yeah. of generations over time. So it would be yeah, yeah. pretty quick for a mythological fe- creature to like manifest itself. Like It would be so... Like we have with mythological be- like figures now, like um, you know, I don't know, Homer's Odyssey, like that kind of uh-huh. character. Yeah, like that is technically within like memory, like yeah. as a as a th- as a th- concept. Like yeah. it has, it's not so long ago that we don't know anything about it. But if that was like the same amount of period of time in rabbit life, that would be like. Millions and millions of years. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's quickly, <laughs> you quickly see how things become myth yeah. in their world. Yeah, I, I really like as well that like the reason he's hanging on because you get the feeling that Hazel is ancient at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason he's hanging on is because he is afraid. He doesn't want something to happen to the community that mm. he and um, Campion and what's the other one. Uh, the three Warren Downs. Groundsel? Yeah. Groundsel? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um that they have created. Because they've created a community of mm. of a peaceful existence between these three um Warrens. Yeah. And um even created new Warrens to stop overcrowding and those sorts of things that were becoming problems before. Um and when I can't remember what the god is called, El Um Frith. And it's El Orion is the rabbit. El Orion. Yeah. Um, when he assures Hazel that um, the Warren will, Warrens will have future success, he instantly departs his body. Yeah, it's, it's like he's done. A sigh. Yeah. He's done. His part. Yeah. His job is done. And I really like they like um, they mention again the uh, ears for listening, the yeah legs for running. Like that's that part of it it makes it feel like hazel is more connected to elorine than he was at the beginning of the film it's like yeah. it's a nice little ending for him it's um it also sort of displays to me what are the signs of a good leader 
It's yeah. not just about strength. It's about, you know, listening to the people around you and being balanced and things like that. Yeah, it's there's about a protection reason, as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason the other characters aren't leaders, like yes. you say. Yeah. He is a he's a balanced person. He listens to, like, he cares for his brother. Mm. Um, even when in the beginning of the story, when um, Hazel's being bullied out by yeah. other rabbits... Like he stands up for him. He's a good person. Um, it's just great. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how little we really see of Fiverr during the film. Yeah, he's kind of there as like a uh, like he's the instigator of the hero's journey. But it's interesting that he sticks around because a lot in a lot of those kinds of tales, the person who sets them on their journey, like the old man in the cave sort of character. Yeah, they don't yeah. stick around. Like they die at some point, and the the characters left to fend for themselves with like mm. their knowledge so it's quite i think it's quite interesting that he stays around for so long mm. it's um his name means little thousand doesn't it fiverr mm. yeah and i wonder if that is um a voice of the oppressed type yeah. of yeah you know you know like we see more than you think we do um leaders yeah because that, um, that's a lot of the theme in when they go to cowslips yeah warren because fiverr is the only one who sees that something is wrong and yeah. knows that the snares are around like he, yeah. he sees more than other people yeah i also find that that whole bit in cow in the cowslip cult really interesting because you never see another rabbit no, you don't. know you only see cowslip. Yeah, they're deep inside the Warrens because yeah. they don't want to be in the external ones anymore, yeah. and they haven't, you know, haven't got rid of the snares. They keep them all around. I know it's it's, um, it's really it's creepy. So though. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a really great film. Like it is, it's yeah, it's I think close the, to perfect as I think. The only it scene could be. That I find unnecessary for like the plot of the movie is when they go to the cemetery with the where the rats are and they have to fight the rats. Yeah, I don't think that goes anywhere, and it's not really alluded to at any point afterwards. No, it feels like a, it feels like that should have been, um, like almost like the other Owsler officers coming to get them back. Yeah, it's, rather it, than rats. Yeah. No, I'm I, I've never read the book, so I don't know how close the adaptation is. But no, maybe it makes either. more sense in the book. Rachel's read the book. Maybe there's like um, an said... extra thing on it. She said um, the book is really good. Like, but mm. she wouldn't. She said she uh, went through a period where she was at primary school where she was out reading another child. So oh, yeah. she decided yeah. to read edgy books like <laughs> yeah. um, Watership Down, Animal Farm, and Charlotte's Web. And I it was read, kind of uh, like, oh my god! I went through that phase when I was nine and I read White Fang. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's just it's such a good story. I th- yeah, feel like. Yeah. On its own, the story would not be so good if it wasn't for the fact that they delved so deeply Mm. into, like, the nature of leadership and, you know, the trappings of almost, like, prosperity and, you know, the underclasses and how women are portrayed, which I think is kind of pointed in, Mm. in this. Maybe there wasn't strong female characters in the first half of the film because in order to have a productive society um hazel helps free the women of the warren yeah yeah and you know she becomes his um heisenthal becomes his mate yes yeah like they're both like 
it's just almost like a shared trauma pairing. Yeah. Because Hazel could have been Heisenthal in his own Warren if yeah, he had yeah. stayed. Yeah, because it was. It felt like it was getting that way, especially with the Owsley. Mm. They, they were like yeah. um, attacking people. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's so, really it's good. Such a good movie. It's really clever. I think it um, probably is one of the best British films like ever. Honestly. Yeah, probably. Like, what, it's definitely 10? the best. It's definitely the best British animated film. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Absolutely, one hundred percent. Maybe there's another one that I, can't, that I can't think of which is better, but out of the ones I can think of now, yeah. Mm. There's a lot of like Joseph Campbell in there. Um, a lot of Jungian archetypal, mm. you know, unconscious mind stuff. Um, yeah. Like the hero with a thousand faces, you know, um, L. Orion is like um, the prince with a thousand enemies. Yeah. Like it's really, like, it's really clever. It's really it's, good. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, did you watch really... the um, the miniseries that they made a couple of years ago? No. Yeah, they, uh, it's on Netflix if you wanted to watch it. So, um, yeah. It was made in 2018, but it's like CG rabbits. It was more like oh. realistic. It's three parter. Uh, James McAvoy is Hazel. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I might I was, give it a go. Yeah, I was thinking of giving it a go, but I thought I don't know if it beats CG is going to like ruin it a bit. Yeah, I instantly had a sort of like yeah, mm. you have a visual reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think possibly one of the best things we've watched for Toon Hounds. Oh yeah, yeah. It's weird. But, this yeah. and Prince of Egypt are probably two of the <laughs> best things we've watched for Toon Hounds. I think they've been like really, really strong. Mm. Very, very um, good. Yeah. I'd, I personally, I think I'd give it a nine, nine, maybe a nine and a half. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say nine and a half because it is, it's fantastic. It's so good. It's one of those where you think everybody should watch this at some point. Like thousand and one movies to see before you die. This is one of them. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Um, I wonder what ratings it actually has. Only four stars on IMDb. Um I think it was one of the um, highest box office smashes of the year it came out as well. 81% Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's low. For yeah, it... yeah. I'd give it a bit more than that. But maybe people are uh, marking it down for like the traumatic experience. Or maybe the animation. Because, you know, at times mm. the animation is not as good as it could be. Yeah. But I feel like because it's so natural... Because it's so simple, it lets the story shine through a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, if you've got half a brain, um, you'll you'll really enjoy this. Mm. I don't see why anyone wouldn't enjoy it. If and you can look past what seems to be quite a simple story at first into something that's a bit deeper, yeah, it is very, very complex and very I'd say entertaining. If, if anybody was worried about watching it because of, like, cruelty to animals... So there is a bit of a trigger warning in it because mm. there's some violence and some gore and a couple of deaths. Yeah, but don't take the like mythology of how terrible it is to heart because it's it's honestly it's not as bad as it's made out to be. It's <laughs> definitely not as bad as uh, Farthing would in terms no, of no. trauma. No, I'd say if you if you can get through watching like I don't even know what would be like a comparable thing. If you can watch an episode of Handmaid's Tale, yeah, yeah, I mean you can watch Farthing Woods. Uh, well, you can watch um, Watership Down yeah. easily. 
Or just read the book. Yeah. I'd say read the book because then you could yeah. you'd know what you're getting into. <laughs> mm. Just, it's, um, just do something it's, with it's this good. with this franchise because it's yeah. it is really really good. It's really great. I yeah I can't. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did on a second watch. Yeah, because it's only the second time I've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times, but I can't. I wouldn't be able to like, put a number on it. I've seen it more than mm. twice though. But I mean, this is the time that I've enjoyed it the most. Yeah, like sitting down and watching it for content and, and... yeah, yeah, you like uh, like getting into it more don't you because you're trying yeah. to think of things what things mean and where they're going and things like that it's just really clever it's yeah. really clever it's i i i think it's one of those productions where nothing is done um that doesn't mean something yeah yeah it's a really tight script it's really clever everything that's said is purposeful um which yeah, yeah. Uh, you know a lot of writers could do with it is just the rats the, the scene with the rats yeah i don't know what its connection is to the rest of it but maybe there is a connection I'm, I'm just you know not seeing it for what it is yeah but it's really good it's it is yeah. fantastic film. <laughs> oh very good right um should we take a break and then we'll come yeah. back and do some emails yeah let's do that all right we'll see you in a sec guys Polish a floor and put a rug on it. You might as well set a man trap. Hurry up, bring him in the warm. All right. I'll put the kettle on. <laughs> and to think he'd only just come from the hospital. That was a public information film. Hey gang, we're back. Uh, we're going to do some emails now. I have a feeling from what I remember especially saying that V yeah. sent three this week. Uh, four. So yeah, there are four, four, four emails. Jesus. <laughs> and they're all from V? They're all from V, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, fire away. Uh, this email is entitled re, 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 forward. Hey, check out this dog. It says... <laughs> Hey, Toonhounds, it's me, short-term suffering creative consultant for Toonhounds, the podcast. Wow, <laughs> nice recording schedule, Rich. Sure is hard to email in time when you move it all around. Spivzy, you're perfect. Wait, wait. Never change. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault. I mean, <laughs> sure, if you want to blame me, sure. Yeah, so... I'll be the villain of the podcast. <laughs> well, somebody's got to be the villain. We have to have a hero okay, and a villain, and right. I, I'm clearly the hero. I'm clearly the villain, even yeah. if you're not clearly the hero, I'm clearly the villain. Yeah, you're villain-coded. <laughs> so, yes, I missed a couple of emails, and Rich told me not to email in twice, so I won't. I'll email in three times. That'll uh, teach four. you to give me instructions. You can't control me. You're not my supervisor. No gods, no kings, only V. No gods, no masters, you should have said. Oh, well, yeah, Rich Masters. Jeez. I'll edit, I'll edit the email. <laughs> <laughs> Part three of the V Collection, the V Collection. Can't wait for the shows that made V a lesbian collection next year with guest RV. Haha, ha, kidding, I'm in very high demand. Haha, ha, not really. I can't be inside Toonhounds. I listen to Toonhounds. It's like when Abed was on Cougar Town. I'd have to be on some other person who's on Toonhounds. Something, something, constants and variables. Jesus. <laughs> I watched that episode the other day, the um, the dinner dinner with Andre episode of Community. 
So I've only watched Community once. I feel like I need to um, watch it through again. I I'm not would. very good at watching um, comedy series again. Watch compilations on YouTube. Rachel, Rachel is really good. Rachel is a massive early Arrested Development fan. Yeah. And she can quote Arrested Development. <laughs> and she says, do you remember that thing where uh, this happens? And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't remember <laughs> any comedy uh, after I finish watching it. I have a general consensus that I love it. Yeah. And then it's done to me. That's I, I'm not like that. I'm, I, I watch something like 15 times in a row. <laughs> See that yeah. I can't do that. It's almost like the jokes are devalued to me. Really? Like we watched oh. the American Office is great, right? Well, it's really stuck around. Nice. It's stuck around too yeah. long, yeah. and I feel that way about every comedy I've ever watched. Like it sticks around too long. Arrested Development to finish. Arrested Development um, should have finished after three seasons. Do you know what the only comedy I feel has ever been like finished and it's been perfect? Oh, it's two of them. What? Spaced. Yep. Two series, two done. Yeah. And Fleabag. Yeah. What about Black Absolutely Adder? Absolutely perfect. Uh, no, I, I kind of feel like... Mm, maybe. 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 Right. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But then they did TV specials and stuff like that and I was like, these aren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Black Adder goes fourth wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, where were we on the email? I've completely lost it. I don't remember Jackie Chan Adventures as much as I remember Shaolin Showdown. I remember Jackie being a funny, goofy cartoon man and Uncle saying wise man things, but that's kind of it. I, I mean, f- that's why it's so good because Jackie Chan is a funny cartoon man. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's a funny, In goofy real cartoon life. man. I find Jade's superhero alter ego being called T Girl endlessly funny. I can just yeah, look at wiki page we mentioned and start that. laughing. But that was that was. It shows the timing of the of the series, doesn't it? That yeah, they it didn't, does. didn't consider that. But yeah, I do remember Shaolin Showdown. That was like my favourite show. It had action and collecting things. It's one of the first shows I actively watched in order to follow the plot. The season one finale where Yu Wuya builds Malamala Yong out of the Shengong Wu was one of the first times I remember in a show where the show let the bad guys actually win then followed up by her turning into a real person after a huge explosion on top of a hill. And it's all dramatic music and a reveal. This show's like really good for a kid's show. I never hear people talk about it. I don't either. No. I wish they, I I wish they'd do something more with it. I, I do know that the creator had, did like a Kickstarter to do like a comic of like a sequel of what happens to the the, the dragons from... Shaolin Showdown. Hmm. I don't know if it went anywhere. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how well it would translate to any other media. I feel like it was very of its time. Maybe that's just. Maybe that's just me. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think if somebody like worked really hard on it, they could revitalize Shaolin Showdown. Mm. Like I think it would. I think there is a way to make it work, but. I don't know what that way is. I feel like yeah. the um, the nature of children's television has changed a bit, where it's less fighting against bad guys and more fighting against like parental expectation. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. the villains in shows have gotten a bit more visceral, a bit more around. like across the spot, uh, like into the Spider Verse. The the villain at the start of the film is expectation. Yeah, it's on a, miles. Yeah, it's gotten a bit more um, yeah, thematic rather than it being an actual villain. Mm. So, uh, I agree. Like Doctor Robotnik is isn't really a villain anymore. He's more of a concept. <laughs> but, yeah. But whatever. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Where was I? 
I don't know if this is even a show people remember. Plus, Wuya turns into a competent female villain, a girl boss, if you will, a female role model for little V. Or just V. That joke only works visually. The audio description is that I wrote a lowercase letter V, which is smaller than a capital letter V. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you for that. You, you really did drill that uh, joke <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> I, I think we would have got it. <laughs> we would have got it, but would the audio have portrayed it in the correct way? Because V oh, and V don't, just... don't encourage her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, I can. Can I pronounce like a capital V different to a lowercase V? V. V. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw toys for it though. Quick Google search tells you that yes, there were figures for it, and you can buy a Minton card Raimundo for £277 on eBay. Wow. wow. They look middling for action figures. Chunky. Mm. But also a to scale dojo, and that looks pretty good. As well as mm. a golden tiger claw, so the kids at home can slice through time and space. <laughs> it's very hot down here in the sub basement of Toon Towers where Toon House is recorded. Why is my office also their boiler room? I have an office, by the way, as a full-time employee of Toon Limited. I'm not some kind of Toon dog with a messy bun and pencils in it and a stack of papers in my paws. Uh-oh, I made a Toon House OC. <laughs> it's happening again. Toodles. V, 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 V. Thanks, V. On to our next one from V. This one is entitled Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. Oh my God, there's a girl one and she's great. I love her. Why isn't the other guy here? When Gwen isn't on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Gwen? She plays drums. I played drums in school. I should buy a teal low-top Converse and get side shave and pink highlights. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't kin her. Shut up. You're the one looking up ghost spider costumes on eBay. That was the, that was the title of the email. It's it's all coming together, <laughs> It's You portray your personality so well with these emails, I can see why you are the way you are. Hi, Toonhouse. It's me, the show's creative consultant and resident Gwen Kinney V. <laughs> <Good God. laughs> I really love the Spider-Verse films. They're my favourite comic book films. Outside of Gwen being the best spider person because she's cool and she wears chucks and has a hood, I do genuinely feel a lot of connection to her character. She's me for real, for real, as it were. Mm. Such as seen across the Spider-Verse when she's talking about having to wear a mask and can't be the other person she's around the people she loves and the film is bathed in lesbian and other pride flag colours. Mm-hmm. I really the whole love, world is. I love that so many people are like seeing themselves in the characters from Spider-Verse. Yeah. It's, um, it's like there's a whole Mark Hamill thing that I quote regularly about. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. A guy, a guy came to see him and was like, could Luke Skywalker be gay? And, and Mark Hamill's like, Absolutely, if he's gay to you, if, he's if he, gay. Yeah, if right? you want him to be, he is. Yeah, I think that's the best um, way to look at like media betrayal. Like because yeah. I, I don't always agree with like um, people saying, you know, like oh, finally there is a ex Jedi. I never was able to see myself as uh, a Jedi, and I'm just kind of like, I I can see it. Mm, yeah, but like. And maybe this is because, you know, I have grown up with a lot of um, media representation and stuff like that. But it, the character is, there like is like a, a bit of a where, blank canvas. Yeah, it's nice to have the... It's good to have headcanons and that sort of thing. But I think it's also yeah. nice when they actually outright say it, like when there is a yeah. confirmation behind it. Like it does give yeah. it like an extra gravitas to it. Yeah, I guess. And like, um, immediately I'm going to contradict what I said because Star Trek, like for me, has never gone far enough with its gay representation. No, not at all. Like, I mean, they it's killed, always they been. Off in the Discovery. 
Yeah, they buried their gaze. Been, ter- it's always been terrible because it's been so surface level. Yeah, um, and it was always th- like we're doing this for ratings as well. Yeah, let's let's make Jadzi a kiss a woman because we know that lesbians will make men go do that wolf whistle at yeah. the screen, that sort of thing. Um, I can see why, uh, like. How black? How important Black Panther was, for example, yeah, like definitely. to a whole generation of children, where it didn't need, it didn't need to have that conversation about race swapping yeah. uh, characters. You could create something that, from an existing character, who was fantastic. He was mm. such a strong character, and then Chadwick Boseman died, and it like it became a bit bittersweet, oh, yeah. and, like complicated for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, like. She is as queer coded as you want her to be. Yeah, which is quite um, queer coded in the actual film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, there. But I think we're going to have to prepare ourselves for the fact that she might have a romantic relationship with Miles. Yes, but it doesn't mean she's not queer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I feel like, but it, again, I kind of feel like is that a cop out? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be a cop-out if there was a romantic relationship between anyone yeah. in Spider-Verse. I feel like it's yeah. not that sort of story. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. Like, he wants there to be a relationship, but, like, the this first film sets it up really sweetly in that, like, she says, you're, like, I'm a year older than you. It doesn't seem much, but, like, it's a lot at this age. And he says, time is relative. And then yeah. he says, we could just be friends. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't feel like that's a consolation prize to him. Mm. Which yeah, is nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it is nice. It's a nice uh, portrayal of that sort of relationship. Yeah. It's not one a, a portrayal you see very often in media. No, of just people being friends. But yeah, um, I think the films are one of the best examples of ultra high style. Every frame is lovingly created of leaps off the screen. The mm. scene where Miles jumps off the skyscraper after making his own spider suit and there's lightning is one of the few scenes where it's genuinely scene. understood where you had to see it on a big cinema screen. Yeah. The style and the scale and intensity of the moment, you feel it. It's probably yeah. my favourite scene in any media ever. It's at that point he really is his own spider persona. Yeah. There's that um that inverted shot of him rising to the floor. Yeah. That always sticks with me. It's like it's definitely the best shot in the first film. It's probably one of the things that will stay with me, like in an animated sense mm. of cinema, for as long as I live, because it's so clever. Yeah, uh, these films are really queer coded, from the moral and message to the style choices. I feel the films have a real message of carving your own path, doing things your own mm-hmm. way, and discovering who you are, hammering out your own that you want identity, and not having to live up to anyone's expectations. Yes, Miles is a Spider-Man, but he's not just a different Peter Parker. I feel this applies to Gwen too. She's just she's not just girl Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I all of those characters are different. Even um, you know, Spider Man Noir is a Peter Parker mm. uh but he's so different. Yeah. So different that it actually it means something to have him in the film. Yeah. Um we should all go to the Two Nouns Discord and make Spider OCs. Toodles, V. I don't know what mine would be. It would be Spider Librarian. Spider Librarian, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be living in the library amongst all my books. Um, I had one and then they made it real, so I can't have it anymore because it's, it's, ah, okay. it's canon now. 
I had um, a oh. pirate Spider-Man called Webbeard, and then he shows up in one of the one of the cartoons. Oh. Yeah, so I've got to make I'm him sorry. new right now. I know. <laughs> Stole my idea. <laughs> um, here's another email. <laughs> oh, I wonder who it's from. I say I think it's from V. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's entitled "Uh Oh Stinky." <laughs> hey, idiots! I didn't. We, I didn't watch either of these depressing cartoons, and I'm not gonna because I don't wanna. Oh, okay. I wonder what you've got to say about them then. <laughs> the Times Arrow and the View from Halfway Down episodes of Bojack Horseman are good. They're about Bojack's mom having dementia and Bojack trying yeah. to kill himself. Yep. There was an episode where it's Princess Carolyn's birthday and everything goes tits up for her. Or that episode mm. where Bojack and Sarah Lynn go on a month-long bender and Sarah Lynn dies in the planetarium. Or the episode where Bojack goes to New Mexico and almost has sex with his, with his friend's 16-year-old daughter. I really yeah. like this show. It's definitely really funny, I promise. Toodles, V. Bojack's hard to watch because it is that um, that succession-related uh, idea of let's create a show around characters who are morally reprehensible, and you want to, um, you know, when I watched Breaking Bad, mm. I felt like I was justifying a character's behaviour by seeing them as the protagonist. Oh, yeah, that's. Um, I think that's the idea of Breaking Bad. It's, yeah. It's you doing and that. It, it's, it's tough to... Because you see yourself... You know, if you're invested in a show, you see yourself as the character, right? I don't. I've never had that. I don't like... Oh, okay. I don't put myself into the character's shoes. I just have it as, like, I'm more of a witness to what's happening. I don't think, oh, I, I wouldn't do it that way so they shouldn't, if you know what I mean. I kind oh, of like, see, I, I have that like divide between it. I do have that. Ooh. I have that sort of like, <laughs> um, could I justify this behaviour? Could yeah. I do this? What I think, would I do? I feel like the idea behind Breaking Bad is that if you work tried hard, you could, in a way, justify his behaviour during the course of the series. But by season yeah. five, you can't anymore. Like, no, there is, no, there's no. a point like halfway through season three. I think people go on about The Fly as being a bad episode. Because it's the it's the bottle episode when they're in the lab and he's got to, he's yeah, trying yeah. to kill the fly. I feel like that is the halfway point between him becoming Heisenberg as as yeah, opposed yeah. to Walter White. Like after yeah, that yeah. point is when everything goes downhill for him. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. We'll do Bojack at some point. Yeah, I'm it, sure we will. It's a tough yeah. one. It's a tough one to pick out an episode that is would link into a theme. Mm. I wonder what we do there. We could do. Um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, like audio. You know where there's no dialogue. Dialogueless. I don't think that's oh a word. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there is yeah. the one so where he goes into water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great episode. That is good. Yeah. Um, should we read our last email from me? <laughs> yeah, go on. All right, it's a short one. It's entitled "Caps Lock is Queer Culture Rich." I'm going to move oh your pin badges God. around. <laughs> Are you collecting Lego now? Who, Rich, me? yeah, so that's that's that that was the the title of the email. <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm collecting Lego. What is she talking about? I'm a Lego fan. Rich, you can't unnumber one fan me. I'm literally your arch nemesis, oh, an unofficial this fourth is, or fifth hound. I literally sent four I emails. Said, <laughs> this is when I said that she didn't send an email last time, so she'd lost her number one fan status. <laughs> Dear Lord. I literally sent four emails, but hey, wow, did you guys pick a new set of episodes? People better recommend some topics in the Discord so we don't get the endless election. 
these emails read like a descent into madness. <laughs> Toodles loudly. V. Okay, yeah, we probably do need to pick some new, uh, a new collection, right? Because we're out now. Oh yeah, we need to think of some new episodes. We do. If you've got any ideas. Watch, <laughs> I'm desperate to watch Batman: Return of the Joker. But, um, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Um, uh, my, my uh, Evan, my my, it's not my. Evan is. Uh, w- so we do this thing now where every day when he comes home from school, because we've got a, like a 45 minute window together before uh, Rachel comes home, we start the whole process of dinner, bed, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So I've given him a choice of things we can do. Um, and every night he picks something from the list, but it can't be something that we've done the two days previously. Right. And so he started watching. I said we could start to watch a cartoon together, and I gave him a list, and I gave him the Spider Man nineteen um, ninety nineties cartoon. Yeah. To watch, um, and he fucking loves it. Really? Um, right. Absolutely. It's like. Is it the day we can watch Spider Man? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We've got two more days because we watched it yesterday. Can I trade one of my days at the weekend for one of my days now to watch Spider Man? No, <laughs> you can't do that. That defeats the point of this. <laughs> so yeah, um, Spider Man might be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah. We'll, it's... we'll we we've got so many things that we can watch. Like you might not know this. But there are a lot of cartoons out there. There are. There are. At least there ten. There are. <laughs> At least ten more. <laughs> um, we could do... Uh, we we could do... Like the... Have we done animated like movies from shows before? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, we did, definitely uh, done we that. We did uh, Regrets and... Oh, we did. Something else. Don't I mean, we can always go with like Weird t- Volume 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of these days, I'm going to make you watch Paddy the Pelican. Like that's bucket list is to make you. We got to watch so, Food yeah. Fight as well. Yeah, <laughs> and we might have some guests on at some point. Who knows? Yeah. Um, where can people find out how to give us money, Rich? How do people oh, pay us for this? <laughs> they can go to if you enjoy the show uh, and want to contribute you want to join the discord you want to you know have a say on what episodes we do you can go to patreon.com slash toonhounds and for as little as uh, let, me amount, let, me, let me check it's a pound <laughs> I never one pound remember. it's a pound british a pound which i don't know how much that is in pounds. dollars i think it's a dollar 50 i think yeah something like that i think it's more now oh um, yeah because the economy's in shambles yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for as little as a dollar sixty, you can go over to. I'm not gonna actually. I'm not gonna say it. for as little as a British pound. Yeah, you can go over to Patreon and just become a patron of the show. And basically, that just you know, we don't do this for money. We do this because it's quite fun to do. I mean, it, it would, would be, be nice lovely to, make to be able money. to do it for money. <laughs> um, Wouldn't that like, be the dream? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I mistakenly said to said that Story Lords was um, like it was mainly for fun, like a little van project but now when you make money out of it it's like oh my god it's 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 great um and we make a little bit of money but we We, don't make an awful lot it'd be nice to cover like hosting and stuff like that and like any adjustments we wanted to make for the show's quality and stuff um because it takes you know takes quite a while it like i've spent 
five hours, six hours on this podcast this week because of watching the shows and doing some research and stuff like that. And then you think, oh, my God, that's six hours. I probably could have got another part-time job. Um, And I've got to edit this bitch. I'm I'm not going to. Yeah, it's a lot easier now we don't do the episode art as well because the episode art took a little while. Um, But it would be definitely would be nice to earn a bit more cash out of the podcast. Um, And uh, if you join the patron you get uh, access to new podcasts that we do as well little, yes. little sidecasts because we're um you... going to be doing one on daredevil yep surprise surprise <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you know our other podcast is be- a sidecast is becoming a comics related one um and yeah we- you can hear all our thoughts on the first five issues of daredevil if you become <laughs> a patron um it was yeah but if you want real quality comments, you have to become a patron. Yeah. You can send us emails at toonhounds at gmail.com. You can indeed. Um you can we haven't got a card, have we? Uh yeah. Uh toonhounds.card.co. Card.co. Yep. Yeah. There you go. That's our website. Yep. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. Um and then yeah, you can join the Discord. Um, if you're a patron and there's lots of cool you know it's really i didn't think that was going to get any traffic really yeah i you know like discord it's it's weird like some things get traffic and some things don't mm, i don't yeah. quite understand we do, we do why. quite well with it yeah yeah um but people tend to love talking in there um so yeah so next time on toonhounds we'll be back with insert project here yeah. um <laughs> to uh talk about two random cartoons that we're watching. Yeah. So we might put out a thing on the Discord so that people can have a little you know, yeah. suggestion. Because um, I'm going away from Twitter. Like I can't be bothered with, with Twitter anymore. So. Well, I mean, it's so terrible. Yeah, it's, it's really um, bad there. So um, I might do it as like an, like an open post on Patreon to say what we're going to be watching. Oh, that's so a good if, idea. Yeah, so if you want to see it, it'll, it'll be on Patreon. Yeah, so that won't be for patrons only. Yeah, it'll be like a, head anybody on. can see it. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. A... So all our comms will come through uh, Patreon dot com slash uh, Toonhounds. Yeah. So there'll be updates on there as well. So at even le- if you just want to follow us, there's a better alternative, which I don't really see coming. To be honest, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like streaming services at the yeah. moment. So yeah, never mind. Right. Okay. So we will see you next time on Toonhounds, where we'll talk more about cartoons, and you will love it. Or else. There you go. That's a tagline. <laughs> Love it or else. Love it or else. Right. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Be kind to each other. Bye. Oh, you snuck that in. I did. (laughs)